Praise the Lord. Every time that we have communion, we just don't want to have the elements without giving a communion message. And this is just an opportunity for us to preach the gospel. Because when we are remembering the work of Christ, when we are remembering Christ, we, are, we do that by preaching the gospel. The true gospel. You can't remember Jesus without preaching the true gospel. Because his body was broken for us. His body was broken for us as our substitute. And because of our sin. So when he said we are to remember him and give that ordinance to the church. He was saying, remember the work that I have done for you. For your salvation. And so, the more that we hear the gospel, the more that we can remember Christ the way that he wants to be remembered. And today we are going to remember Christ from a very unusual place in the Bible, from Genesis 25. And we're going to hear some things. I'm sure you have read this story a million times, but you probably never understood what God was preaching by this story. And before we read the story, Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before your throne again this morning. Lord, praise your name and worship you through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Thanking you, Lord, for his gospel and his testimony, the testimony of his spirit that has gathered us here as the letter of Christ, as those who have been redeemed by Christ. For we could not choose to come and profess the name of Christ by our own power and by our own will. But we are here only because the gospel is true. And so, Lord, we seek understanding of your word that your people may know that the gospel is actually true. And as we have been learning in the past few weeks from the words of the Lord himself to the Jews saying, it's Moses who is going to judge those who were under Moses, who did not believe in him and who do not believe in him because Moses wrote about him. And this morning we are going to be in one of those writings by Moses. And Lord, we pray that you help us to understand what Moses was writing about Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We are going to have a lot of reading. I'm not the best reader in the world, but I can read, just so that you can hear. We are going to read two chapters. Genesis 25, 21 to 34. And then we are going to go to Genesis 27, verse 1 to 34. And we'll begin with Genesis 25, 21 to 
Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his plea and Rebekah his wife conceived. But the children struggled together within her. And she said, if all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed there were were twins in a womb. And the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over, so they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. So the boys grew, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, but Jacob was a mild man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, Look, I am about to die, so what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, Swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Genesis 27, 1 to 34. Genesis 27, 1 to 34. Now it came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were so dim that he could not see that he called Esau his older son and said to him, My son, and he answered him, Here I am. Then he said, Behold, now I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver and and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me. And make me savory food such as I love. And bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt game and bring it. So Rebekah spoke to Jacob, his son, saying, Indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother, saying, Bring me game and make savory food for me, that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son... Obey my voice according to what I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me from there two choice kids of the gods, and I'll make savory food from them for your father, such as he loves. Then you shall take it to your father, that he may eat it, that he may bless you before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Look, Esau my brother is a hairy man, and I'm a smooth-skinned man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be a deceiver to him, 
and I shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go get them for me. Verse 14. And he went and got them and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the choice clothes of her elder son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the gods on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. Then she gave the savory food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. So he went to his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done just as you told me. Please arise, sit, and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord your God brought it to me. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near, that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his, brother's, like his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. Then he said, Are you really my son Esau? He said, I am. He said, Bring it near to me. I'll eat of my son's game so that my soul may bless you. So he brought it near to him, and he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his clothing, and blessed him and said, Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Therefore may God give you of the Jew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren, and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. Now it happened, as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, that Esau his brother came in from his hunting. He also had made savory food, and brought it to his father, and said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that your soul may bless me. And his father Isaac said to him, Who are you? So he said, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly, and said, Who? Where is the one who hunted game, and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came, and I blessed him. And indeed... He shall be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me also, O my father. The word of the Lord. The older shall serve the younger. The older shall serve the younger. The gospel according to Jacob, Esau, Isaac, and Rebekah. As we had at the beginning, in the opening, the Lord commanded his church, his body, that he purchased by his own blood to remember him for the sacrifice that he made to redeem it from sin and condemnation. 
And as we always say and always love to say, if Jesus alone who paid the redemption price for the salvation of his people who were in captivity to sin. Jesus himself is the one who said in Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 3, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. What was the Lord Jesus Christ talking about? Because he came and took the scroll, if you remember, and he read part of these verses. Jesus was preaching the gospel. The gospel of our salvation. And this salvation, this gospel, God had been preaching in various types and shadows from the beginning. And we remember him by preaching the same gospel of grace because it is the only gospel of God's free and sovereign grace that honors Jesus and his work. So the significance of communion and the significance of the elements is not in the elements themselves, but they are a reminder to us of the breaking of the body of Jesus Christ by God's judgment on the cross. And him shedding his blood for the remission of our sins. And Jesus died on the cross as our substitute. He just did not die for an unnamed group of people. He died for a named group of people called the elect of God chosen in him before the foundation of the world. And when Christ died on the cross as our substitute... He took the responsibility and legal obligations of all our sins, all of our undoing, and the punishment that was due to us because of that was all imputed to him. It was accounted to him as having done it, that we may be covered By his own righteousness. So in this story of Isaac, Rebekah, Esau, and Jacob, we see the same gospel preached again. And as I always say, and am very fond of saying, only God can preach Jesus. And God has been preaching Jesus from all of creation. All things were made for the purpose of preaching Christ. Because all things were made by him and through him and for him. So they have an imprint 
of him and his gospel. There's absolutely nothing in the creation that cannot be used to preach Christ. Absolutely nothing. The heavens declare the glory of God is also saying even the heavens are preaching the glory of Christ. But we know the story of Jacob and Esau, especially Paul, Apostle Paul's treatment of the story in Romans chapter 9. In Romans chapter 9, Apostle Paul comes and argues for God's sovereign right as the porter of his creation to dispose of his creation as he pleases. So Apostle Paul says God has the right to determine who gets saved and who does not get saved. Why? Because it is for his glory. It is for his good pleasure. So God has some people that he has chosen in Christ to be saved that he calls vessels of mercy. That he is going to display in his heavenly home to say, look what I did. That's a vessel. And yet, in the same breath, God has also prepared vessels of dishonor. And this is all according to his good pleasure. But there's more that we can extract from the story as we have read from Genesis 25 and 27. So lo- let's go back to the story to try and pick up some gospel nuggets. Not chicken nuggets. I know Crystal likes some McDonald's chicken nuggets. 99 cents for five. When you're working the gospel from the Old Testament, we call that typology. And when we are talking about typology, we are talking about the stories, the persons, the institutions, the events, the feasts in the Old Testament that God used to preach the gospel, to preach the person or work of Christ and our need of salvation. When we are talking about typology, we are not saying that the person who represented Jesus, is Jesus in everything. They did not represent Jesus in everything, but there was some aspect of their life that represented the work of Jesus. All these men were sinners, but they were ordained by God that they would do something in their life that foreshadowed Jesus and his gospel. So in typology, we have the type. The type is the shadow. And the fulfillment is called the antitype. So Jesus would be the antitype of the type. But God, being sovereign, used the sin of man to preach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we have in this story... An unusual typology through the story of Esau and Jacob. And you appreciate 
the fact that this gospel was hidden was hidden and could only be opened with New Testament eyes. You could not go and read what we just read from Genesis 25 and 27 and say, oh, I see the cross in here. I see the gospel of grace in here. No, you're not going to see it. You have to come with the light of the New Testament, understand the work of Christ in the New Testament, and then bring it to this story to get more light of what God was preaching. So to our story, Isaac was the son of Abraham by Sarah, and we know that he was a child of promise who was conceived when Sarah was past menopause. It turns out that when Isaac was married, the Lord did not immediately bless the womb of his wife, Rebekah. So Isaac went and prayed and inquired of the Lord. And we are told in Genesis 25, 21, that now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his plea and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. So Isaac also did not have a child until he had gone to the Lord. So the children were born the same way that Isaac was born. But when Rebekah conceived, she discovered that she had twins. And she felt a struggle in her womb. And she went and inquired of the Lord and said, in verse 23 of Genesis 25, two nations are in your womb. Two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. So the struggle was already teaching the relationship that these two brothers were going to have, and it was because God was intending by this that the older brother was going to serve the younger. But let us get some more nuggets. We are developing the story. When they were born, Esau was the firstborn. Esau was the firstborn. We are told in Genesis 25-26, afterward, his brother came out and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob, which is James, which is James, yeah? His name was called Jacob, the heel catcher, the deceiver, the supplanter, the one who watches from behind and catches from behind as to deceive. That's what it means. But we are also told that Isaac loved Esau, the firstborn. In verse 27, we are told, So the boys grew, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, but Jacob was a mild man dwelling in tents. Verse 28, And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. So Esau was daddy's kind of guy because he was a skillful hunter and a man of the field, very hardworking. 
if he was in 21st century America, he would have what? Some big Dodge truck. Yes. He would have some big truck. He was a hardworking guy. He was a man of the field. He was a practical man. But Jacob was a chilled guy, mild-mannered, just playing his video games. And he was mommy's boy. Jacob was mommy's boy. But Isaac loved Esau. Don't miss that. Isaac loved Esau because he was the firstborn and also because he ate of his game. Mommy loved Jacob because Jacob was mommy's boy. He stayed at home, spent time at home with mommy. That is why even the mother cooked the stew for him. Esau made his own stew for his dad by himself. So listen to this. But one day, Esau came from the field so hungry and desperately needed something to eat. And so we are told, Esau said, look, I am about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. By this very simple transaction, Esau sold his birthright of inheritance to his younger brother who was not first in line to receive the blessing. He forfeited the right to receive the blessing in time when the father was going to pronounce it on him. However, this was not accidental. This was all working according to the purpose of God as he had already said to Rebekah, the older shall save the younger. But don't miss Sister Rebecca. Sister Becca. Sister Becca too is a conniver in this transaction. She knows that God had already determined to bless the younger. But even then, she helps in tricking Esau. Like mother, like son. Apparently, Jacob inherited his traits from mom. Mommy is a trickster and apples do not fall too far from the tree. But uh, being an accomplice in this scheme works exactly according to what God had purposed. God was not being lucky. God was not being lucky. And now with that understanding, Let's go to Genesis 27, verse 1, where we start getting our theology developing. Now it came to pass, when Isaac was old and his eyes were so dim that he could not see, that he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son. And he answered him, Here I am. When Isaac was old, his vision became bad so that he could not see and he determined to bless his son Esau before he died. So he asked him to go hunt and make him his favorite dish. 
And this, of course, was overheard by conniving mom. You see, these people were not as virtuous as we make them to be. They were just ordinary sinners, wretched sinners like we all, who were crafty just like the rest of us. So Rebecca catches wind of the instruction and she says, in verse 9, Go now to the flock and bring me from there two choice kids of the gods and I'll make savory food from them for your father such as he loves. Then you shall take it to your father that he may eat it and that he may bless you before his death. So the deception begins. Verse 11. And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Look, Esau my brother is a hairy man and I am a smooth skinned man. Perhaps my father will feel me and I shall seem to be a deceiver to him and I shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. Jacob realizes that because of his nature, he will not be able to deceive his father without the risk of getting in trouble. Jacob was a smooth-skinned man, probably like mom. But his brother Esau was a hairy man. And so this was going to complicate this transaction and result in Jacob getting cursed instead. Verse 14. And he went and got them and brought them to his mother. And his mother made several food just as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the choice clothes of his elder son, Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, a younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the gods on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. Of his neck. Then she gave the several food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son, Jacob. So mother Rebekah made the choice food that Isaac loved. But not only that, she also took the best clothes of her elder son Esau and put them on Jacob. But Jacob was still not yet completely covered. If Jacob is not completely covered, this deal is up in smoke. So she put the tender skins of the gods on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck for complete coverage. Mommy is playing it safe because she knows how Isaac is going to feel Jacob. Jacob has to be fully covered or else the curse is coming down on him. Once Jacob has been made ready and safe, once Jacob has been made ready and safe to meet with the father, then, then he can go in and meet with the father. Listen to Genesis 25, 27, 22. And so Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice. 
But the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. <laughs> and so he blessed him. Then he said, Are you really my son Esau? He said, I am. And he said, Bring it near to me and I'll eat of my son's game so that my soul may bless you. So he brought it near to him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. Isaac had the voice of Jacob and knew that it was Jacob. But he felt the hands of Esau because of the God's skin that was on him. Isaac failed to recognize him as Jacob because his hands were hairy like Esau's. And so he blessed him. So what are we to learn about the gospel and the work of the Lord from this story? You and I are Jacob. We are the deceivers. We are the hill catchers. We were born from our mother's womb speaking lies. And we were condemned. And if we had to be saved, it could not be by anything that we could do for ourselves. If we had to receive the blessing from God, it could not be by anything that we did for ourselves. If we had to be saved, it had to be through the sacrifice of one that was better than us. If we had to be saved, we needed an older brother. We needed to have an older brother that would save the younger. Jesus Christ is our older brother. Who had to be condemned that we, the younger brothers, the heel catchers, the deceivers, may also get the birthright blessing. Let's work this some more. We were told that Isaac loved Esau more than he loved Jacob. And so God the Father loves Jesus more than he loves us. We are loved not because of us, but because of God's love for Christ. God the Father said of Christ, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus himself had the same testimony and said, The Father loved the Son and has given all things into his hand. That's John 3.35. God loved Jesus. And Jesus is the heir of all things. Jesus Christ is the firstborn of God. The firstborn in preeminence. Preeminence. And is the natural heir of all the things of God. As Esau was the natural heir of all the things of Isaac. Isaac loved Esau 
that he loved him and was pleased with him so much that he was willing to accept what he had commanded Esau to provide. Because you see, the blessing is coming on the condition that Esau goes and makes this dish. So Isaac loves Esau so much that he is willing to accept that which he commanded Esau to provide. And so our Lord Jesus was loved by God the Father because he always did that which pleased the Father. God loves Jesus. But Jesus, unlike Esau, was a sinless man. That's the difference. That's the difference. We, you and I, are Jacob. And we had no natural right to the blessing of God. Jesus Christ is the one who had the natural right to all the things of God because all things were created for him and were given to him by the Father. But if God has to give Jesus' birthright blessing to us, that is, to bless you in Christ, God has to condemn Jesus. The Father has to condemn his Son as Esau was condemned that the birthright blessing may be reckoned to his wicked younger brother, Jacob. If you look at this story, Esau was, Esau was the more righteous of the two. Esau actually was the more righteous of the two brothers. He was the innocent of the two brothers. But he is the one who forfeit his birthright blessing. He actually received a curse for having lost his birthright. If you go and finish reading the story. Isaac pronounced a judgment of condemnation on his favorite son. Whom he loved. Isaac actually pronounced condemnation on his beloved son. Whom he loved. And this son was condemned on a mission that he had been sent by his father. The father who loved him is the one who condemned him. It sounds like Jesus to me. It sounds like Jesus to me. Let's keep hearing. So our Lord Jesus was condemned by the father who loved him and had sent him. And he became a curse for us on the cross. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on the cross. Jesus Christ was condemned as the ransom payment for our sins. That he may redeem us, the wicked supplanters, the sinners, the connivers. As I said, Esau was the innocent and more righteous man and not his brother Jacob. And so Jesus Christ 
was our sinless and righteous elder brother who was condemned on our behalf as our surety and representative. Listen to this. Isaac could not bless Esau or Jacob until what he had commanded had been provided. The birthright blessing could not be pronounced on Esau or Jacob until what Isaac had demanded had been provided. And so God could not bless you until Christ had provided and finished the work that the Father had given him to do. And he said, I have finished the work that you gave me to do, so now, Father, glorify me, bless me with the glory that I had with you before the foundation of the world. And even the Holy Spirit, if you read the book of John, the Holy Spirit was not given until after Christ had resurrected. So the blessing to the church is the giving of the Holy Spirit. And that gift could not be given us until this one whom God the Father loves had been condemned. As Esau was condemned for the blessing to God to his brother, Jacob. But listen to this. Jacob is in serious trouble if he would attempt to trick Isaac. Jacob is in serious trouble if he would be caught trying to trick Isaac. Jacob is cursed forever if Isaac catches him. Jacob's skin is different from his brother's Esau and so the father is able to tell the difference. Hear this again. Verse 11. And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Look, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth-skinned man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be a deceiver to him, and shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. So this is a problem that Jacob has. Jacob was a smooth-skinned man and this showed his lack of covering, the lack of a covering that the father would accept. Jacob's skin is naked skin because he is Jacob the deceiver. Jacob's skin is naked skin because God is teaching us something with that. This is the skin of all deceivers. This is the natural condition of all deceivers. They are naked before him. Jacob has no righteousness of his own. He is a sinner. And if he has to approach the father to get the blessing, he has to have a covering from someone. Someone that Isaac loves and accepts. It's going to get good. Keep hearing. It's going to get good. Jacob has to get a covering that Isaac accepts and will not feel as different from that of the son 
that he loves. The covering that Jacob has to have has to be such that when Isaac feels it, there's no difference. That's the condition of the blessing to come. Let's keep hearing. All sinners are naked before God because of sin. And even though they try to cover themselves with fig leaves, it doesn't matter what covering they may put on and try to disguise their nakedness, their lack of righteousness before God, God will feel it. God will feel it and he will find them out. God says in Jeremiah 2.22, For though you wash yourself with lye and use much soap, yet your iniquity is marked before me, says the Lord God. Many adorn the garments of self-righteousness from the religion of works, from fig leaf free will Baptist church, or the Roman Catholic church. We have to name them. And they think God will not feel their nakedness around the arms and the neck. So this is what God is saying. If you have to be accepted by God, you have to wear the garments of the one that God knows, loves, and accepts. You need an alien righteousness of Christ, if ever you are to be saved. But in this story, we have a problem. Isaac will catch Jacob if Jacob's body parts are exposed. Isaac has to feel Jacob to see if he smells and feels like his son whom he loves. Hear me some more. If you have to approach God in peace, you can't be smooth-skinned by reason of your own righteousness. God will feel that you are not wearing the right and best clothes of the son that he loves, Jesus Christ. God knows how the righteousness of Christ feels. Isaac even though he was blind, knew how the clothes of Esau felt. So God knows how the righteousness of Christ feels and smells like. And he can tell when you are wearing foreign garments and are not covered right. Hear this. Not only does Jacob have to bring the food that his father loves, he has to wear the right garments and smell exactly like Esau. And listen to the solution that was proposed by mom. Verse 15. The solution to this problem was if the blessing has to go to Jacob, Jacob has to be like Esau. But Jacob has a problem. Jacob is not a hairy man. Listen to this. 
Then Rebecca took the choice clothes of her elder son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the gods on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. So Rebecca took the best clothes, not of Jacob. I'm sure Jacob had his best clothes. You have your best clothes. But God says, no, Rebecca, take the best clothes, not of Jacob, but of Esau, of the older brother, and put them on the younger brother. But not only that, she made sure that she completely covered his hands and the smooth parts of his neck. And if Jacob is covered as this, it does not matter whether he is Esau or not. He passes the sniff test by the father. What is that saying? This covering of Jacob by clothes that are not his is the imputation of righteousness. The garments that were put on Jacob were not his garments. The righteousness that has been put on us is not our righteousness. They were garments of the older brother. The older brother whom Isaac loved. The older brother whom God loves. The brother who was more righteous than him. But once Jacob was covered in these clothes, it was well with his soul. Once Jacob was covered in the clothes of his older brother, it was well with his soul. No fear of a curse on him. No fear of condemnation of him. Not that Jacob was any righteous. Jacob was not righteous. Look to this. But see also that even though Isaac was legally blind, Rebecca did not cover Jacob with Esau's old clothes. Rebecca did not cover Jacob with Jacob's own clothes. Because Isaac is blind, he can't tell whose clothes. I mean, he is not able to see, to say, okay, that's blue, that's green, that's yellow. He can't tell the difference. But he can feel the difference. There's something special about these garments that belonged to Esau. So that the father is able to tell whether Jacob or Esau is wearing it or not. And don't miss what Moses recorded for us. Or what the Holy Spirit recorded for us. He says in verse 15, Rebecca took the best clothes of her elder son. The best clothes. Not just clothes. Choice clothes. Choice clothes. In Christ Jesus... We were covered by the best clothes that the Son of God, the righteousness of Christ, could be given to us. We were covered by the best clothes of the righteousness of Christ 
and not our old clothes. And see also that it was Rebecca who did the covering. It's Rebecca who did the covering. Who is Rebecca? She is a type of the Holy Spirit. Just as she adorned Jacob with the best clothes of his elder brother, we also are adorned by the Holy Spirit of holiness through sanctification and glorification with the best clothes of Jesus Christ that we may be presented as holy and without blame before him. We have to be presented with the right clothes on. And you see that for Jacob to put on his brother's clothes, he had to take off his. He had to take off his. And we too, when we come to Christ, we have to surrender our own self-righteousness that we may take the best clothes of Christ. So Rebecca, in this typology, is a type of the Holy Spirit. But in the overall teaching of Rebecca, she is a type of the church. The Holy Spirit runs the department of adorning holiness in God's creation. Holiness is so important to God that he dedicated one person of the Godhead to run that department. And he is called the Holy Spirit. So Jacob has to be completely covered by the clothes of Esau. And we too have to be completely covered by the righteousness of Christ. We can't bring any foreign garments that are not from Christ. And if you still remember the parable of the wedding feast, there's a guy who showed up who didn't wear the right clothes. And Jesus says in the parable to this guy, Friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And the guy was speechless. What was that saying? It was saying that he did not have the right righteousness, the correct righteousness that God required. And when Jesus said on the cross that it's finished, he was saying he has finished the work of adorning us and giving us that garment, that righteousness, that God the Father would look at us and not condemn us. But hear this. There's also the teaching of satisfaction of God by the righteousness of Christ in this very story. How are we to know that we are completely covered in the righteousness of Christ. Because as we learned, Isaac has to fill Jacob to make sure that he truly is Esau or else he is tossed. Isaac has to be satisfied that Jacob is Esau before he makes the pronouncement. If you still remember verse 1 of Genesis 27, now it came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were so dim that he could not see that he called Esau his older son and said to him, My son, 
Why was this put in there? Why is it necessary to weave a story where the father becomes blind? Why does Isaac have to lose his vision at the end that this story may be given? Listen to this. In verse 21, we are told, Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son, Esau, or not. So it sounds like the concern that Isaac has is Isaac has to feel his son. Isaac has to feel his son Esau. And he says, really my son. In what way is Jacob not really his son? Jacob is still as really Isaac's son as Esau is. Verse 22. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother, brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. What are we to do with the loss of vision? The loss of vision by Isaac. You see, if Isaac sees, then the whole gospel is thrown out. You, you don't have the gospel in this story. If Isaac can see clearly, then you don't have all this story. You have no gospel. The loss of vision by Isaac was a type of showing us how God looks and those who have been saved in his son, whom he loves, Jesus Christ. Very important. Isaac's chief interest was to fill the clothes that were on Esau and to smell him. And because of our union with Christ, God fills us and sees us and gets close to us as to sniff us to see if we are really his son, Jesus Christ. But when he does that, for those who are in Christ, God is blinded by the robes of the righteousness of Christ that covers those who are in him. This is the doctrine of satisfaction. So all that God needs from you is to see that you are really, really his son, Jesus. It's going to get very good. Listen to this. In Isaiah 53... 11, we are told, he shall look at the labor of his soul and be satisfied. God shall look at the labor of Christ and be satisfied. So the satisfaction that God has for you is not in you, it's in the person of Christ. So you are going to continue to struggle as stand 
Why? Because you are wearing a garment that is not yours. But God sees you as one who has the complete covering of the righteousness of Christ. In Hebrews 8, 12, the writer of Hebrews says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. So that's another picture of saying God is satisfied with what Christ has done. And for one time, the God who does not forget anything, he forgets. He forgets just the one thing, your sins and your unrighteousness, he won't remember anymore. So hear this. We're getting to the end. As Isaac was satisfied by feeling the garments of his dear son and saw God is satisfied with the righteousness of Christ that has been imputed to us. We do not need to add any more clothes. We can't bring our own clothes, our own works, and add them to Christ's righteousness. Remember what Isaac is looking for. Isaac is looking to fill his son Esau in Jacob. And as long as Jacob feels like Esau, as long as Jacob feels like Esau to Isaac, the blessing is on him. No condemnation on him. So God too is looking to feel and see his son in us. That is why we are being conformed to the image of Christ. He is feeling to see his righteousness on us. And as long as he sees the blood of Jesus, the righteousness of Jesus, the complete covering of his righteousness in us, no condemnation on us. Hear Isaac. I have blessed him, and indeed he shall be blessed. I have blessed him, indeed he shall be blessed. I have blessed him, and he indeed shall be blessed. This is an irrevocable statement. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Irrevocable, according to Romans eleven twenty nine. Even though Esau came back and Isaac realized his mistake, he did not revoke the blessing. He did not revoke the blessing. So those who are in Christ, if God has blessed you in Christ, your blessing cannot be revoked. You can't lose your salvation. If Isaac can't revoke a blessing of inheriting some cows and goats, God is not going to revoke the blessing that he has bestowed upon you in Christ Jesus. But listen to this. This is brilliant. When Isaac was blessing Jacob, 
He said in verse 22, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. The voice may be of Jacob, but the covering is of Esau. The voice may be of Jacob, but because of the covering with Esau's clothes, Jacob gets the blessing anyway. Esau's clothes did not make Jacob Esau. They only made him acceptable. And so we too, when we come to Christ, we do not become righteous in ourselves. We are still deceivers to the core. Wretched man that I am. God can still hear the voice of the deceiver in you as Isaac could still hear the voice of Jacob in Jacob, but still blessed him. <laughs> God can still see the sin in us, but listen to this. When Isaac was feeling Jacob, he felt the clothes as those of Esau. But he felt the hands. He felt the hands and said, these are the hands of my loved son, my beloved son. And Christ, in Christ, God looks at us and he sees the cell as the cell, but he feels the hands of Christ. He feels the nail-scarred hands and will not recognize you and condemn you because of that. He feels the scarred hands of Jesus and says, yes, the voice of the cell, but I feel my son. But I feel my son. And because of that, he blesses you. So in Christ, we are covered by the alien righteousness that God has given us, that has been imputed to us. So where are we? As we close in the next two minutes. Who is who here in this particular presentation? Isaac is a type of God the Father. See that? Esau is a very unusual type of Christ. But he gets condemned for the sake of his brother. Jacob, the one who gets the blessing, is a type of the elect sinner who get the blessing by the condemnation of their older brother. And as I said, Rebecca is a type of the Holy Spirit in this context who adorns the sinner so as to be accepted by God. So the older brother shall save the younger. Our older brother has saved us his younger brothers by being condemned on our behalf that the blessing of God may flow to us. The blessing of the righteousness of God. The blessing of eternal life in him. In him who has covered us in the choice garments of the son whom he loves. 
So as we take the Lord's table, let us remember that we are the Jacobs. We are the ones who receive the blessing, not because of our goodness, not because of our faithfulness, not because of our free will, because by our free will, guess what? We deceive. We are the ones who have been covered by the choice garments of our older brother, our elder brother, whom God loves. Yes, Jacob may have felt his sin, and Jacob was afraid of condemnation. Jacob is afraid because Jacob has to meet with the father. So the, the story of the believer is, even though they are covered with the right clothes, they are still scared to meet with the father. But what matters is they are still wearing the right garments. And as long as they wear the right garments, they are still going to meet with the father in peace. So the struggle of the Christian is real. There's a fear of meeting with God. It's real. And you will never allay that fear by yourself, but by coming and resting in this truth that we are preaching. That it's only by God looking at what is covering you that you shall meet him in peace. And the only way that you may know that you have the right garments is by faith. Because faith is not natural to you. It's a sign. It's what God gives you to say, guess what? You are wearing the right garments. So we may struggle with our sin. And we may struggle with assurance especially. And the reason why we struggle with assurance is in many ways it's just because of bad teaching, rules, do's and don'ts, the things that you have to do to confirm that you are really standing. You, you, you do this and that and do this and that. There's no assurance in anything that you do. There's only assurance in what God says Christ did for you. And so that's what we preach and that's what we believe. So the older shall serve the younger. Praise the Lord. Sister Becker, the older shall save the younger with the help of mommy. <laughs> Conniving mommy. <laughs> Praise the Lord.